Radio Pulpit, 657 AM. 657 AM, radio with the truth in his voice. 657 AM, Radio Pulpit, we trust God is doing you good, blessing you so much in a mighty way. Thank you so much. It is us throughout up to 8 o'clock and... uh, uh, we just believe that, uh, you know, you will bear with us as we continue uh, to adjust to today. And I want to thank Muruti Muraka because readily he is available. Uh, even though we didn't notify him, we will start the normal time. Because it's been some few weeks eh, that we didn't start the normal time. Muruti, welcome and blessings to you, sir. Uh, thank you for welcoming me, my brother. And thank you for the blessing. I wish to greet uh, the listeners, our brothers, sisters across uh, the spectrum uh, in the mighty name of our Lord and Savior Jesus the Christ. Amen, Murutuaka. Amen. Amen. Uh, and uh, of course, uh, I believe also that uh, uh, we are going to touch on reverence for God, the importance of reverence for God, the reverence for God what it is even all about. And I will connect with Pastor Sam um, just to to also get him online and uh, see as to whether he is available because I don't think that, uh, uh, he, well, he might not be available. I don't think so because it is a time that we had set apart for, for this. But reverence for God is what we are going to be looking into and uh, of course as to what it is even all about that is to glorify god to honor god to bless the lord and to uh, exalt his holy name and reverence it means also a godly fear you know uh, when someone is reverenced we actually are talking about a person that is looked at as an example a person that sets the pace of behavior. And that is why you would hear also uh, in the olden days, I don't know now, but in the olden days you would hear uh, people referring to priests and saying uh, saying to those priests, these are reverends. Now, I'm trying to get uh, Pastor Sam, and I think I got him on the line. Pastor Sam, greetings to you, Sam. Greetings to you too, man of God, and thank God to be alive and to be able to share the word again today. I thank you for everything. I thank for everything that God is doing. God bless you. God bless you too. Thank you so much, Muruti, man. Thank you so much. Now, we are talking about reverence for God, the fear of the Lord, you know, uh, what it is even all about. And I will look at it uh, and introduce uh, the topic perhaps in talking about the futility of relying on other things, which is actually the opposite of the reverence for God. And uh, uh, in the word of God, Isaiah 31, verses 1, it says, What sorrow awaits those who look to Egypt for help? Trusting their horses, chariots, and charioters, uh, and charioters, Um, and depending on the strength of human armies instead of looking to the Lord, there's reverence, instead of looking to the Lord, the Holy One of Israel. Now, the aspect of reverence means also to hear from, to rely on, 
um, to respect, to honor. And when the issue of to look from or to look to the Lord, it implies all those things that I have said in one. Hence one says, the Lord is my refuge, my hope, my salvation. I rely on yeah. him. Reverence implies that. The respect. People lose their respect. They start, they start to, to trust in their own things. You know, they rely in their own chariots, in their own armies, their own education. You know, their own money, their own economies, their, the strength of their, their countries, um, uh, the greatness of their economic adventures. And, and they don't look unto the Lord or they don't look to the Lord anymore. That is a lack of reverence. So reverence is when in the light of everything else, happening good or bad, one looks to the Lord. In other words, one takes cue from God, is led by God, is focused on God for instruction, submits to God, respects God, has a fear for God, obeys God, and does what God says. What comes to you with regards to that, Murudim Raka? Uh... Thank you, sir. And may I take this time to greet uh, Pastor uh, uh, Kabamba. It's a, it's a joy to be together once more. Again, to, to, to be sharing, like you initially said, sharing around the Word of God. Mm. And yes, my brother, in the question that you have asked, you have uh, also showed us, uh, I mean, uh, uh, shared with us the the different aspects, like fear, like reliance on, like looking up to. And all these things actually uh, are, 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 for me, to be uh, or can be to me, on my side, can be uh, captured in one way to relate correctly, mm. to relate correctly, where in, in a relationship. And in this relationship, we are talking about someone who is uh, uh, higher and another one who is lower. So in this relationship, I'm taking I am lower, and there is someone who's higher than me. Mm. Relating correctly to this person, that is reverence. Mm. And because tonight we are talking about God, yes. we are not talking about any kind of God mm -hmm. or any other God. We are talking about a You'd say, but hey, God. Yeah. I, I, I'm deliberately yes, just sir. saying yes, sir. The, 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 the consonant as they stand in the Hebrew Bible, mm -hmm. which later on, according to our own Bible, 
uh, uh, which are translations, we say Jehovah. Mm-hmm. For those youth, hey, but, uh, we say Jehovah. Now, and then in some translations, we write them as a big L-O-R-D, Lord. Mm-hmm. Now, meaning, this is the one true God. The one who is worthy of our fear. In other words, if we have to fear anyone, it is him that we should fear. Yeah. If we have to look up to someone, look up to for what? For provision. Look mm. up to for what? For protection. Look up to for what? For direction, guidance. It is this uh, God called Yudhevabe. Uh, or we call him Jehovah. And this is the God who uh, has created the heavens and the earth. And everything that is in the heavens and also everything that is in the earth and even below the earth. Mm-hmm. And this God is the one who came to us to reveal himself to us by becoming a human being. And he became a human being by being born as a baby to a virgin called uh, Mary, as we call her in English. And that man lived amongst the Jews and at the age of 30 was revealed to them. Many did come to accept him later on. But very many of his own people rejected him. And we, we happen to know him as Jesus. Now, before he left, he said, I have revealed your name to those that you have given me out of the world. That is in John chapter 17. And then... He asked uh, uh, the Father, who is uh, Jehovah. In other words, as I'm saying, it's the Father, the Word or the Son, and the Holy Spirit. They are this one Jehovah God. The Son came and revealed who Jehovah is to us. And what was the reason for him to reveal? To restore us into a relationship where we can actually reverence the true living God properly. Mm. And this is what I'm understanding as you are introducing the topic, my brother, that we are not talking about uh, reverence for any other God because the Word of God tells us clearly that all other gods are vanity. They are futility. They are demons. There is only one true living God, and this is Jehovah God, whom we access through Jesus. Now, if you are talking reverence, we are talking the right relationship, which he has revealed. How should we relate to him? Mm-hmm. How should we please him? How should we depend on him? How should we... Uh, uh, conduct ourselves in a way that makes us uh, represent him uh, uh, 
correctly and effectively to to the whole of creation, but especially to other human beings who have not yet come to know him, because he wants to collect all human beings to a proper relationship to him. And normally we call that a, a saving human being, that he wants all human beings to be saved, and he wants all human beings to come to the full knowledge of the truth. And uh, 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 we can never represent him properly uh, 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 to others who do not know him unless we reverence him properly. And therefore, I believe personally it's important for us tonight to to yield to the Holy Spirit to teach us uh, uh, as to what is reverencing him. And therefore, I want to say I... I appreciate how you have explained uh, the, the the term reference or the word reference to us uh, tonight, that it actually is saying to us mm-hmm. our relationship, our Amen. correct relationship mm-hmm. to the one who is higher than us uh, and, and, and has a a relationship with us through what we call the covenant. Absolutely, absolutely. I am looking at uh, at chapter 32 of Isaiah. I will move away from Isaiah a bit, but I wanted to look into this, you know. Um, That reverence to the Lord refers to him as the source, and it speaks of him in this regard. Look, a righteous king is coming, and honest princes will rule under him, and I, underline, and I underline the word under, will rule under him. Each one will be like a shelter from the wind and a refuge from the storm, like the streams of water in the desert and the shadow of the great rock in a parched land. And I go back to the first instance of verse 1. It says he is the king. Who is righteous? Reverence implies that to acknowledge that the Lord is the King who is righteous. And also, we are like princes who rule under Him. And reverence means the service that we do, it's not in our name, it is under Him. That is reverence. If people are glorifying you, for making miracles and all those kind of things and they celebrate you and you look like some sort of a messiah or hero. There's something wrong. People should have the fear of the Lord than of man. And here it says, those who are his, who are honest, will rule under him because they acknowledge him as the righteous king. Reverence implies that. To acknowledge God, to acknowledge Yahweh as the righteous king. And that should be done by each and every one of us. And whatever it is that we do, it should be under his scepter. It should be under his rule and domain. That is reverence. Pastor Sam? Yeah, thank you very much, man of God, for the question. And uh, we thank God for this. And we thank God for this wonderful time. 
Actually, uh, when you talk about reverence, I mean, uh, you've given already a lot of definition about it. Uh, reverence has uh, everything to do with uh, deep respect, regard, and uh, uh, something with uh, deep respect, honor. And then as we just given the, the scripture in Isaiah, we're looking at God as uh, the ultimate, I mean, as uh, the highest power we can, uh, we can encounter or we can come across. Meaning that everything that we need to do is to be an acknowledgement of God as uh, the, the the only answer that we can have in our lives, as God as the only I mean, supreme power that we can have, as God as the only uh, way I mean for us to be who we are. When we understand that, you know that uh, uh, when we have to come to God in terms of acknowledging Him, we come in uh, by accepting and. Uh, working under him, I've just mentioned, because it is so very important that we understand that we are just an uh, instrument that God is using. Yeah. That we are not, I mean, uh, God to ourselves, but we are an instrument that is using for his glory, not for our glory. Then when we come to that level of understanding that whatever we do in life as Christians, we are doing it in order to glorify God. And as we talk about reverence, reverence about, I mean, coming to God and we say, God, we are nothing without you. And whatever we do, because you exist, because you are there, because you do it, that's where we do it. Because if we don't do it, then we, are, we will never be able to do it. Mm. I just was at that one point, he said, whatever I see my father I mean, do, that's what I'm doing. As well. yes. Whatever I see my father doing, that's what I'm doing as well. We need to get that place whereby it's not about us. It's about him. Mm. It's about, I mean, uh, whatever he is, that's what we become. I and mean, our... Being as to have, I mean, of course, God, mm-hmm. and this is something to, when, when I mean, it has to be well taught and well understood. Because uh, you mentioned something like uh, when one performs miracles or whatever, then he becomes the big shot. But the whole debate is: does he understand, or does, do we understand that we are doing all these things because of the highest power that we have inside of us, and it is that power that does all these things? And if people can come to that point of saying. Of you, I mean, come come that place of I mean, uh, humbleness to humble ourselves in such a way that we allow God to show His majestic power in us, and we are just saying, God, thank you because you you've shown it. And uh, reverence has everything to do with I mean, the fear the fear as well, because the Bible says the fear of God is the beginning of knowledge or or the beginning of I mean, wisdom. When you come to that place of uh, you know that I am, as I've mentioned at one point. That we are, I'm nothing without Him. I need mm. Him so that I may have an identity. Mm. Without Him, there's no identity at all. Mm. And when one starts pushing for his own identity without God, meaning that he's in a crisis, and we don't want to get to that place of being, being, being I mean, pushing for something that uh, uh, that we're not supposed to be pushing for. And that's what we see nowadays for people who have got a pleasure by they're trying to prove a point to other people because they're in crisis. They never come to realize that whatever they, they, they are or they were, it was God who was doing all these things. And then they could just stay in that position in order to benefit the glory of God and continue to serve them. And as God is glorified, they can also be in one way or the other. I mean, be seen okay and great. Because Paul himself says, you want to glorify yourself, glorify yourself in God. And I believe that this is I mean, something that we need to come across. As I said, we are doing everything. We are princes doing everything under God, and it is not about us, I mean, uh, building or 
trying to prove a point or having our name being seen out there, but it's about God to be glorified. Absolutely. It is about God being glorified. Reverence unto the Lord, the fear of God, or reverence, godly reverence, what does it imply? What comes to mind when we speak of this? And uh, much of the times, are we the kind of people who take into consideration the very aspect of reverence? Now, you know, uh, when you look in, in the issue of reverence for the Lord, uh, it is in the aspect of obedience. Reverence in Deuteronomy 28 says, If you fully obey the Lord your God and carefully keep all his commandments that I am giving you today, the Lord your God will set you high above all the nations of the world. You will experience in this ble- you will experience these blessings if you obey the Lord. Now, I want to go back to verse 1. It says there, if you fully obey, reverence implies full obedience of the Lord and carefully keeping his command. Full obedience and carefully keeping the commandments of God. That should be taken as reverence. Murutimraka? Yes. Yeah, uh, like what you are saying there in, 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 in Deuteronomy, mm. uh, chapter 28, yes, sir. verse 1. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of the things that is highlighted in that verse is if you uh, if you hear his voice mm. or the voice of the command, the charges with which he is charging you. I'm 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 trying to go there quickly. Mm. Uh, I like the concept of fully obeying and carefully yes. keeping. Fully obeying that is, and carefully yes, keeping. Uh, yes. Yes. Before uh, uh, the word carefully, uh, to observe carefully, you are saying if you will hear the voice or or obey the voice. Yes. Now, and then reiterated by saying observe carefully all his uh, 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 commands or charges. Mm. Now, we remember a certain scripture that Jesus Christ quoted from Matthew, and I'm going to it in Matthew chapter 15. He is quoting a scripture in Isaiah, uh, and this is what he's saying in Matthew chapter 15 from verse 7. He says, Hypocrites, well did Isaiah prophesy about you, saying, these people draw near to me with their mouth and honor me with their lips, but their heart is far from me. Mm. And in vain they reverence me, mm. teaching as uh, 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 teachings the commands of human beings. Mm. In other words, instead of obeying the charges, the commandments of God, this is what these people were doing. They were replacing them with the command, uh, the human command. And 
teaching this human command as if they are the teaching of God. Yet at the same time, claiming to reverence God. So what is God saying? That is a vain reverence, and it is not meant for me. When you do not obey my charges, when you do not obey my own commandments, and Jesus, in, in, regarding this very same thing, he said earlier on in that message, chapter 15, verse 4, For God commanded, saying, Honor your father and your mother, and he who curses father or mother, let him be deceased in death. But you say, whoever says to his father or mother, whatever profit you might have received from me is a gift to God. Then he needs not to honor the father or mother. Thus, you make the commandment of God of no effect through your traditions. Mm. So, what we are understanding there that the Lord Jesus Christ was showing us regarding true reverence, true reverence of God, is that it is in the obedience of the commandments of God and not replacing them with what human beings teach and trying to avoid what God said should be done. So, in, 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 in message, I mean, Deuteronomy chapter 28, this is what he was saying to the nation of Israel when he was uh, 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 preparing them as a nation now to enter the land which he had promised them, uh, 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 which he had promised even his, their forefathers before them. He was telling them that the commandments which I have given you, if you will hear the voice thereof, it should be the voice of God. Yeah. And carefully observe them. You will be reverencing me properly. Mm-hmm. But later on in Isaiah, God himself raises this issue against his people and says, they are not reverencing me correctly. They are reverencing me futilely because they take my commandments and they nullify them and they bring up their own uh, uh, human traditions and commandments and teachings. Uh, with the aim to replace what I, as God, has put out that it is what will impart life to them. Later on, Jesus, the Christ, who is the true representative, the true image of the uh, invisible God, comes onto the scene, and he is approached by leaders, by people who teaching and who are honored by the nation as the teachers of God's way. And they are, they are literally accusing him and his disciples that they eat 
without washing their hands, a tradition which they had uh, developed and were teaching. And that's where you are saying, and giving them an example out of their own teaching that you know that God has commanded that you honor father and mother, and that anyone, that's how serious it is, that anyone that dishonors or disrespects their father or their mother should actually be put to death. But you have attempted to skirt around that commandment by saying, by bringing up your own uh, human tradition, your own human teaching, by saying, if anyone uh, is supposed to do their duty, their responsibility, which is the true reverence of God in terms of exercising that religious activity, the true religious activity of honoring with material things their own parents. If you can take those material things away from your parents and give them to a man of God, then you can, and I am using like men of God in inverted commas, quotation, then you have actually authorized that that person can let his mother and father starve to death because they have this religious uh, activity which they are doing, which is known by everybody, that I have given gifts to the men of God. That is a teaching which these people were teaching, which was contrary to what God had taught through his commandments. And... This is the challenge which even faces us today, that earlier on as we are talking, uh, we will honor people, we will honor human beings above God himself. We will, we will create certain, even certain uh, 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 titles and create even certain uh, uh, um, ways of addressing them ways of of appreciating them above appreciating God and his commandments and disregarding what God has given as his true teaching. Therefore, that is not a reverence of God. I mean, anybody who is doing exactly what we are describing now towards uh, a human beings, uh, if you ask them, are you, are you a believer? Are you serving God? They would say yes. Now, that is what God is saying. That is not a true reverence. Mm-hmm. A true reverence is to hear what God is saying according to his word, according to his commandment, and, uh, and make sure that you don't compromise what he is teaching, but you obey what he is teaching. And you don't replace what he is teaching with what human beings uh, teach that is contrary to God's word. Mm, absolutely there. And of course, if you just tuned in, we are talking about reverence for God. We are talking about that. 
and uh, looking as to what it is even all about we are trying to define it as much as we can uh, in this regard right now the aspect also uh, and I like it what what you said uh, Maruti responding to what I was reading in uh, uh, Deuteronomy 28 I want to go back to 26 it says uh, from verse 16 today the Lord your God has commanded you to obey all these decrees and regulations reverence for God implies obeying all the decrees and regulations of God it says be careful to obey them wholeheartedly I want to emphasize the adjectives here you know wholeheartedly fully you know uh, I want to to emphasize those as I as I did with Buruti Mraka when we spoke about fully obeying and carefully keeping his commandments but here it says wholeheartedly the Lord commands you today to obey all these decrees and regulations so be careful to obey them wholeheartedly reverence implies that it can be done half-heartedly it should be done wholeheartedly the regulations and commandments of god professor yeah actually i mean uh it sounds beautiful and then i'm gonna just put some comment on that mm. actually the whole debate is about i mean uh keeping everything that the lord says uh without uh, taking out any of anything on it, and also without adding anything, because God knows better what uh, He says. And uh, as we just the scripture just given, I mean in the uh, twenty six sixteen, uh, I'm gonna just read again my version here. It says, "This day the Lord your God has commanded you to do these statutes and ordinances. Therefore, you shall keep and do them." with all your mind and heart and with all your being. Here, it goes even further to make us understand that when whatever God says, you don't just, as you just mentioned, you don't do it half-heartedly, but you do it fully. You go above, I mean, you go, I mean, you go deeply and you manage to do it the way God wanted to do it. And here the Bible says, do it with all your being. That means nothing of you has to be out of what God has said. Meaning that you need to hear what, what God says and execute exactly what God says. And when we do that, we are showing the deep respect that we have toward him. I'll give this example. We know the example in the Bible of I mean, uh, the king Saul. Mm. He happened to do something, and they, he went for war, and he was given an instruction, kill everything, don't leave anything, but mm. kill everything. Mm. And uh, he did what he had to do, yeah. but for the fear of the people, mm. he decided to keep some, and he came with whatever he kept in order to sacrifice it. And the priest, oh, I mean, actually Samuel told him, why did you say, no, I had a fear, I feared the people. And I felt that I had to come with this in order to, to sacrifice it. And the Bible says, obedience is better than sacrifice. Now, sometimes we go to a place whereby we want to sacrifice something while we did not understand, or we did not grasp the whole concept about 
what we want to do. Because that is one thing that can make us miss the, the blessing from God. He thought that he was doing a favor to God. Why it was not a favor? Sometimes we, we think, sometimes we try to help God. Why is not? God is not expecting us, I mean, he's not expecting from us anything when he has given an instruction. We need to follow it through. Don't try to change what God has said in order to expect something else. We have another example of uh, being, uh, Moses. God said, go and do what? And speak to the, to the, to the, to the, to the rock. He gets there and he hit the rock. Mm. The rock does not respond. He hit it again. Mm. And the water comes out of that. And what happened? The Lord says, I told you to speak to the rock, not to hit the rock. Yeah. In other words, he was saying, I want you to speak to the, I mean, to call out of the rock something. Mm. But you decide to hit the rock. Because we are used to something. You know, as Christians, sometimes we are used to things. And the thing that we are used to, we think that God understands. And somebody said, your experience is not the word of God. Mm. One experience is not the truth. The truth is the word of God. You might experience something, but that does not become the word of God. Mm. Mm. And you need to all the time verify and see if what you are doing, it is what the word of God says. God can give you a revelation at once. You use something, and it works. And then you decide, I'm going to do it again. And I'm going to do it again. That's yeah. what you're seeing nowadays. We see a lot of people. They've gone, maybe one, God asked them, use water to, to give to that uh, person who's sick, and use the water, and then it works. And then you say, okay, because it worked that day, that means I will continue I mean, uh, I mean, uh, giving water. <laughs> but that is not the, the truth. That is not the gospel. The gospel is not to give water. The gospel is to pray in the name of Jesus. Yeah. If he has allowed you to use water once, he does not need you to do it all, all, all the time. Mm. And this is what I mean, we're kind of coming up to understand. What God says, respect what he says, follow through what he says, and apply it as you do it. Mm. Then you are revering him. As yeah. you do it, you are now respecting him. As you do it, you are now getting saying, without him I'm nothing. But when you do things because it has worked once, and as I said, in experience, it's not the gospel. It's not the truth. Mm. We cannot base ourselves on an experience. No, my experience is not your experience. It's not, it's not, it's not I mean, uh, uh, Pastor Moraitis' experience. Mm. And uh, your experience is not my own. You cannot say, because I've experienced God this way, meaning that everyone must experience God that way. No, that is not the gospel. Sure. The gospel is something else. And then we need to come to that place of listening to the voice of God mm. and say, what are you saying? And the only way that we can listen to the voice of God and the, our reference is the Bible. What the Bible says, that's what it is. You know, there are those exceptions that they can come, they come once, and they stop there. But you know, today, a lot of people have changed things. Many of us, we've gone into uh, some practices that we think because at one point there was, meaning that we can continue doing that and the Lord will be behind that. The Lord is not behind something that is not His Word. Is mm. everything, whatever that is His Word, God will stand for. But if it's not His Word, He won't stand, He won't for it. You will come to God and say, God, but last time you, you asked me to, to use the water, and I did it. That's yes, I said what, that, that time, no, I did not tell you to do it again. Mm. Why mm. are you doing it again? Absolutely. Is this my word? I said, but God, I thought, I said, but thinking is not. It's not the word. Yeah. That's what the soul did. 
It's not that the Lord, I mean, he says, okay, maybe the Lord will hear me, will understand me, because I am, it's the fear that I have about people, or the fear that I have towards people. Why do you forget that the fear of the Lord, that's what Beginning matters than anything. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then if you're the people, it's the fear of God. And we need to come back to that people build themselves, or we build ourselves in such a way that we obey the Word of God, and we put everything in the Word of God and leaving nothing. Right. Absolutely. The very aspect of wholeheartedly. Uh, the examples you gave, they just show that uh, Saul did not obey the Lord whole, wholeheartedly, did not follow the commandments of God wholeheartedly. He wanted to be popular with the people. Yeah. Uh, uh, he wanted popularity with the people. Uh, and that was what was troubling him. You can see it even with the story of David that he was now more concerned that David was becoming more popular. He wanted to kill David. You know? yeah. uh, uh, and this made him not to wholeheartedly obey the Lord. Amazing there. If you just joined us, welcome to it. We trust God is doing you good, blessing you so much in a mighty way. The best of friends we are. And then here we are, man. We are talking about this very aspect. And uh, it is of you know, reverence unto the Lord. What comes to mind when we speak about this? What comes to mind when we touch on this issue? And, uh, of course, at times we see, amongst many times, uh, you know, people really fearing that the reverence they are supposed to be giving unto the Lord maybe should be sanctioned by particular pastor or denomination. Mm. Yeah, yeah, they, they want it to be sanctioned by it because if it is not, hey, hey looks like you're cursed or something, what, 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 what. Right. Now, chapter 27, and I always go to this, I will just be spotting. Uh, chapter 27 of Deuteronomy speaks and says, uh, Moses, uh, from verse 1, Moses and the leaders of Israel gave this charge to people. Obey all these commands that I am giving you today. When you cross the Jordan and enter the land of the land the Lord your God is giving you, set up some large stones and coat them with plaster. Write this whole body of instruction on them. When you cross the river to enter the land your God is giving you, a land flowing with milk and honey, just as the Lord God, God of your ancestors, promised you, when you cross the Jordan, set up these stones at Mount Elbal, Mount Ebal, and coat them with plaster, as I am commanding you today. Then build an altar there to the Lord your God, using natural uncut stones. You must not shape the stones with an iron tool. Build the altar of uncut stones and use it to offer burnt offerings to the Lord your God. Also sacrifice peace offerings on it and celebrate by feasting there before the Lord your God. You must clearly write all these instructions on the stones coated with plaster. Now, the instructions now are written in our hearts according to uh, Psalms chapter uh, 119 verse 11. Thine words have I hidden into mine heart so that I may not sin against thee. Divine reverence implies also that the laws of God are written in our hearts. 
and they guide us that we don't sin against him. Because here he says, no, write these words as you cross over to the land I've given you. Lest you forget who I am and you start sinning against me. But when you see this, this will be a remembrance to show you the way, to guide you and to retain you. Now, these are written now in our hearts. And in our hearts we know dwells the things that we love. If divine reverence is everything, it should also be that. The love for the commandments of God written in our hearts, guiding us not to sin against him. That is divine reverence. Murit Imrak. Uh, indeed, uh, as you have uh, read there for us in uh, Deuteronomy chapter 27, that God commanded that uh, the, the, the commandments uh, the ordinances, as Pastor Kabamba was saying, and the all of them, which are the charges which God was giving his people, with whom he was in a relationship, a, a, a relationship which was a, a relationship of two partners. God on the one side as the uh, uh, senior partner and the people on the other side as the junior partner. A very clear relationship like uh, a husband and a wife. He said, what regulates this relationship being these laws, these Torah, these commandments, these statutes, these uh, ordinances. Write them down so that, and write them on stone so that they are not wiped out, so that you will keep on referring to them. And the more you refer to them and you learn them, you meditate on them, they do not depart from your mouth. Like after Moses died, Joshua took Moses' place, and the first thing God said to him was, fear not. And then he was saying, take the words of this Torah and, and keep them in your heart and let them not leave your mouth. Meditate on them. And later on, as you are saying, the psalmist is saying, I've hidden them in my heart. Now, you are seeing a pattern there that what regulates the relationship, what, what actually is there, a, a true reverence. That is that heart, wholehearted uh, a relationship which is emanating from the heart is, is, is regulated by these uh, words of God, the true spiritual words of God which are His commands. Later on, we see God taking issue with the uh, uh, a nation of Israel, Jeremiah chapter 31, saying in verse, uh, verse 31, Behold, the days are coming, says the Lord, when I will make a, a fresh covenant with the house of Israel and with the house of Judah. 
not according to the covenant that I made with their fathers in the day that I took them by the hand to lead them out of the land of Egypt. My covenant which they broke, though I was a husband to them, says the Lord, or you, the Abadeh. But this is the covenant that I will make with the house of Israel after those days, says Yudhavadi, or the Lord, or Yahweh. I will put my Torah in their mind and write it on their heart. And I will be their God, and they shall be my people. Now, you have said it, my brother, just now. They are written now. Even now, he is explaining that because it's only that one and that one who makes sure that they keep the uh, uh, words uh, uh, which regulate our, co- our covenant relationship. You are all turning away from me. I am going to reconstitute this uh, covenant relationship where you will reverence me properly, uh, not just with your lips, but with your heart. Because the reverence has to do with the heart. It is where the whole heart is uh, 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 relating properly to God. And then he said he himself will make sure that instead of them being written on stones, they will be written on the heart, they will be written on the deep thinking of the people. No more shall every man teach his neighbor. And every man his brother saying, Know the Lord. For they all shall know me from the least of them to the greatest of them, says the Lord. For I will forget their iniquity and their sin I will remember no more. You can see that true reverence does have a benefit. The benefit is that the forgiveness, which the pardon Jesus Christ paid for, that forgiveness becomes a reality where one takes the cleansing that God cleanses us with in the forgiveness. Now, I also want to uh, 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 round it off by going to Second Corinthians chapter 3. Do we begin again to commend ourselves, or do we need as some other epistles of commendation to you or letters of commendation from you? That is verse 1. Verse 2, you are our epistle written in our heart, known and read under all human beings. Clearly, 